Hello, and welcome back to the Bi-Week Podcast. Today, we are joined with just Blake and Cole doing a little doubles episode. Today, we're going to be going over some AFC East rankings. We're going to rank the Dolphins, Patriots, Bills, and the Jets, give you an order, give you a record prediction, give us our thoughts on all the teams. You know, there's a lot of good teams in that, in that, con- in that division, so we're going to go over that. And then we're going to talk about some fantasy football hot takes, some spicy takes me and Cole have. Maybe some of them will hit. Maybe we'll go viral for them. We'll see. And then we're going to end it off with a little fun segment. A little fun question. We'll say that for the end. It's going to be a surprise. Question of the day segment, we'll say. Question of the day, you could say, yeah. All, All right, right well, yeah. let's, let's start with uh, AFC East rankings. Let's start with our, our worst team, so our fourth team on the rankings. Cole, who do you have? At my four slot, it may be you know the popular choice these days, but I think it's because it's the correct one. It's the Patriots. I have them going 5-12 and 12 this season. I do not think they're going to be good. The, simply put, the Patriots are, are not going to be good. They had a middling 8-9 and nine record last season and then regressed significantly this offseason. They lost Jacoby Myers, Damian Harris, Tay Hayes, Devin McCourty, Marcus Cannon. I mean, despite all these losses, though, they failed, in, they failed to bring in much of help with their only major signings really being like Juju Smith-Schuster. And even with Patrick yeah. Mahomes as his QB, he failed to post 1,000 yards and only had three touchdowns. And while the drafting of Christian Gonzalez was great, it really does little to make up for their offensive woes in middling quarterback play with Mac Jones. I don't know what else I can say. That was pretty great. I will say that the addition of a top two wide receiver like the DeAndre Hopkins could have been very influential for this team just because the passing game is super weak. And Mac Jones is not one of those guys who's going to make a lot happen. If he's in a good system, he can get it done, but he needs those guys around him. You know, he's not like a Mahomes where he can get away with poor receiver play. If you'd have had a veteran top two receiver like D Hop, even though he's a little bit out of his prime, it would have been really helpful. So I was sad to see that not happen. We already know this defense is going to be good. The Patriots defense is always good under Belichick. This offense is just not explosive. There's nothing going on. And this division is so damn tough. Having to play the Jets twice, the Bills twice, and the uh, Dolphins twice, that could easily be six losses right there. Maybe they sneak one or two, but it's going to be really hard to get away with not being great in this stacked division but at the same time i will say belichick seems to always get it done and have his team be pretty good so i'm a little bit higher on the scale for their record i think they're going to go around eight and nine see so i i was thinking the same thing just off the top of my head it's like said, i've seen right, so many bad like seven and team. Ten, eight and yeah. nine then i went through their schedule and they have a gauntlet of a year week one they play philly in philly they're not going to win that game. No. Week two, they're in Miami, Sunday night football. They're not going to win that game on the road, Sunday night football. Then they play the Jets week four, Dal- or Jets week three, Dallas week four. I think they start 0-4 just off those. I think they can sneak a couple wins. There's Indianapolis in there. There's Washington there. Then I have them losing again to Buffalo week seven. I think they're they're, they could possibly beat the Saints in week four. Oh, no, yeah, I thought week four, week five, or, week five. Yeah, week five. I, again, I put that down as a win for them. I wanted yeah. to give them that. But then they got to play Miami again week eight. I yeah. think that's a loss. The Giants week 12 in New York, they're not going to win that. That's a loss. Yeah, then they have to go. They play take the Chargers. The Chargers on. Yeah, that's yeah, not going to That's a loss. Steelers Thursday night football in Pittsburgh. No one wins in the night games in Pittsburgh. It's the toughest environment in football. Yeah, maybe I think that one could be close, but I, I bet the Steelers could maybe yeah. pull that away. And then they go to KC. They're going to get their ass handed to them there. Buffalo week 17, another and loss. I honestly think that the Broncos are going to be really underrated. They might get their ass handed to them in Denver too. 
Oh yeah, I I completely agree. That was another one I was going right back and forth on. And then I have yeah. them losing again to the Jets week 18. And so in all of those, I I like I was trying to find ways that I could put them up to like seven and ten, maybe, maybe eight and nine. And I only saw ways for them to go below five and twelve. Like you mentioned, like there's a game against the Broncos in there that can be a sneaky game. Yeah, yeah. I completely get what you're saying. I just I'm kind of under the perception that sometimes as much as you think it's not going to happen, Belichick just gets it done. It's like a seven to 10 game and he just gets the win. And it's like, okay, that was so boring, but whatever the Patriots won. I think there's probably going to be three or four of those. And then they're going to get three or four real wins against weaker teams. It's questionable, but I just, I, I can't disrespect a team that almost is always around 500. So I'll put them around eight and nine. No. Yeah. And for that reason, like, I think it's mostly because of Belichick that we yeah. have to give them at least some respect. And that defense is nasty this- too. Yeah, for this one, I was just going purely off of like first look. What do I think is going to happen? And while they, I definitely, I guarantee you, they'll pull a fluke game here and there where they probably beat like Buffalo or they beat the Jets in New mm-hmm. York or something like that. I just really don't see this being a great season for the Patriots. Yeah, I agree. I think there's no chance to make the playoffs just because of how stacked your division is. Yeah. All right. Shall we go up to our number three teams? Yeah. Who do you got? I got the Dolphins here, which will surprise some people, but I just think the team regressed significantly on defense. And despite the Jalen Ramsey trade, I loved the Jalen Ramsey trade. They just didn't make up for the losses of uh, Byron Jones, Melvin Ingram, Trey Flowers, Elandon Roberts, Eric Rowe. They lost too much defensive firepower for just Jalen Ramsey. He makes up for Byron Jones. Great. But all the rest I mean, but of he's way better than Byron Jones. He doesn't just make up for yeah, but especially with that front eight, it is. And they got David Long good. from Tennessee, who's actually good too. Yeah, and so just as a whole, I don't think that they improved much. If anything, they just stayed kind of the same, and they went nine and eight last season. Um, they they lost Mike Gesicki, who I mean, he wasn't super productive, but again, that's a big like loss. Him. Brandon Shell and Eric Fisher, both starters on their O line, they lost. They just they didn't bring in enough replacements for what they lost they got Jalen Ramsey that's an improvement but other than that the team really only seemed to go down I actually really like their defense right now I think they got a lot of stars I love Javon Holland I love Jalen Ramsey I I watched David Long for years people don't talk about enough but he was so important in that Tennessee offense and I mean that defense and it's super sad to see him go I like the I like the front I like the front guys too I like Emmanuel Ogba I like Christian Christian Wilkins they're both really good I'm hoping a, a bounce back year for Xavier Howard can happen. Last year was not a good year, I'll admit. But um, hopefully, you know, he's not going to be having to guard the wide receiver one anymore. That will be Jalen Ramsey. And in the past, Xavier's been really, really good, a Pro Bowl cornerback. So if he gets better and Jalen's going to play well, I think this defense can be good. They have two yeah, really good I, guys. And I love them drafting yeah. Cam Smith, too. And Cam Smith is a really round. good, yeah, he'll, he'll probably play in the slot corner. Yeah, out of and, South Carolina, I think he's going to be a great yeah. playmaker. Yeah, Cam Smith is really good. But the thing I'll say is a lot relies on Tua staying healthy. This mm-hmm. offense was probably the most explosive offense in the league last year when Tua was healthy. And even Tua, who doesn't have great arm strength, is, isn't is that – he's not a superstar quarterback. He was playing amazing, probably because of Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. But I think – I don't want to predict anyone to get injured. That's kind of kind of screws the process. I If, I, if Tua stays healthy, I think the Dolphins are going to be a, a real threat in the AFC. I mean, we saw last year – these Dolphins went into Buffalo while they were getting snowballs thrown at them the entire game and lost by, I think, a field goal, one score. And then when, when Buffalo went back to Miami, the Dolphins took them home. The Dolphins got them. 
And in the playoffs, the Dolphins hardly lost to Buffalo with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. I think the Dolphins are just as good as Buffalo or better. So I think their defense is still going to be great. A lot relies on Tua to stay healthy, but if he can, I think his offense can be great too, really. Yeah, and like you said, I think not only does the defense have a lot of, you know, the pressure on them, right? Because the offense, when Tua's healthy, is as good as any other offense in the league. It's really going to be that defense that we got to say, like, all right, like if these playmakers come into their own, great. But if, you know, the defense struggles, it can, you know, spell bad news for this Dolphins team. And I highlighted it on my notes here. Like, you'd think offensive line would be a top priority for the Dolphins after Tua's multiple concussions last season. And they just didn't make up for the loss of Brandon Shell and Eric Fisher, both of which yeah, no. are starters. The offensive so was, line is for sure an issue. Like, I, I loved the pick of Cam Smith, but Osiris Torrance was on the board at that point. I think that would have been a much better pick to go with because you fill a significantly more important position of need because Tua's health relies on that offensive line. Yeah. Um, last year, they were really successful just getting the ball out really quickly to their speedsters, and they don't really run the ball that much. So I think the offensive line is really helpful, but it's not like Tua's going super deep. He's not sitting in the pocket that long. If he can get the ball out quickly, even with the somewhat poor offensive line, I think it can be successful. That's kind of well, how I feel about it. Well, we saw last season that when he has time, and especially on plays that have Tyreek Hill designed to go long, that can be when they're at their best. He can, yeah. His early career, he was not great at the deep ball. That was his biggest fault. He got Tyreek Hill now. He's improved greatly when he has time, right? Yeah. And so I, I love your take. Like you said that they can be as good as the Bills when they are at their full potential. I 100% agree with you. It's just, it's really important that they make sure that everything gels together. If yeah, and, and if two is if two is out, the team's out. That's my thought. So I will say the rest of my stuff on the Dolphins because my third is actually the Bills. Whoa. Yeah. I think they're still going to be a great team, but the Jets got significantly better, and I think the Dolphins got significantly better, and the Bills kind of just stayed the same. And I honestly think that nearly everyone on the Bills is declining. Everyone is old and kind of getting out of their prime. They're still good. But think about that defense. Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Trey White came back from a serious injury. Trey White was not the same Trey White we're used to seeing. He was way, way worse. He was kind of like what happened to Xavier Howard. It it seems like this team's obviously going to be good, but this division is killer. Think about it. The Jets took a game on them last year with Zach Wilson. The Bills are not some demigod yeah. team that's unbeatable. I think the Dolphins, from my prediction, I said the Dolphins and the Bills have the same record in 11-6. and six. Wow. I But I say that the Dolphins are, they're ahead of my rankings, but pretty much I'm saying they're the same. Okay. And so I, I, and I, I like your yeah, analysis yeah. there, and I, I have my whole little spiel on the Bills for later, so I will get into that but that'll be a good talking point for us to discuss you know not only the current state of the bills team but the future of the team is what's really in question right now yeah and also what do you have the bills going this season what'd you put 11 and 6 11 and 6 okay and same with the dolphins i put them both at 11 and 6 and i just von i mean they got they signed von miller but von miller at this point of his career i'm not sure if he can stay healthy it's just there's a lot of guys that i'm just they're just kind of declining and they're out of their prime, and I'm not really sure how much this is going to go on. Obviously, Josh Allen's going to be great. I like the addition of Dawson Kincaid, but, you know, tight end is not an important position, per se, compared to O-line, D-line, cornerback. I, I think you receiver. look at the Chiefs last season, and you... you okay, yeah, Travis Kelsey. Okay, Travis Kelsey's different, but, like, in comparison, 
tight end is not a, an important position. No one would say that. No one would argue that over, you know, offensive line, quarterback, receiver, defensive line. Yes, but you also look at the improvements this team made. You How? Went from you you bring in Damian Harris, who is an obvious upgrade over Devin Singletary. The running back's another one of positions that doesn't. They matter. also had a phenomenal <laughs> draft, like you said. You brought up Dalton Kincaid. They also snagged Osiris Torrance, who is a day one starting caliber guard in the second round. That is a massive pickup for them. And their only major loss was Tremaine Ed- Edmonds or Tremaine, yeah, Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine Edmonds, yeah. But off-ball linebackers really have lost their value in today's NFL. Yeah. They've also got A.J. Klein there. He's been in the league for, what, 11 years now? He's got plenty of experience. He'll be a good leader on that defense. I just I think that they they stayed the same this offseason, like you said. They, they didn't make too many big additions, not too many losses. But I'd say if you're staying the same after a season where you had 13 wins, then that's pretty good. Yeah, no, I agree. I guess I'm just, they're staying the and, same and the Jets and the Dolphins got a lot better. So I think a couple of those games are going to go the Jets and the Dolphins ways. Way. Oh yeah, and, you and they're not going to have those 13 you wins. Winning. You said they're winning, what, 11 games? That's, 11 games. That's still great, that's yeah. Respect. But there's yeah. no way they're getting 13 wins. I just don't, I feel like they don't have the lockdown cornerback one anymore. I mean, Tredavious White, who who knows? I can't say he's yeah. not going to be better, but it did not look good at the end of last year. I mean, also year. they've got Kair Elam. He had a good end of last season. He struggled yeah, early. Yeah, but he's still super young. Yeah, and he's he's coming into his own. So, I mean, while this team is definitely older, like you pointed out, they do have a lot of those young guys on this team that you kind of go, okay, like maybe the future's in good hands here. And they just, you know, they have Josh Allen on a long-term deal. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about the Bills long-term, you know? Oh, no, I'm not at all. I'm just, I guess I'm higher on the Dolphins and the Jets right now. No, and that's a completely respectable take. Uh, bringing up that point, I have the Jets as my number two team in the AFC East this upcoming season. And I think they had by far the best offseason. They added Aaron Rodgers at quarterback when quarterback was really their biggest thing holding them back last season. They also made huge improvements to the wide receiver core. They replaced Elijah Moore and Braxton Berrios with Alan Lazard and Nicole Hardman. And they put him alongside Garrett Wilson. That's going to be a great receiving core. They also used the draft to their advantage. They added Will McDonald to fill in the loss of Quan Alexander. And then with Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson improving and hopefully having Brees Hall return, I think the Jets may have had the best offseason in the entire NFL. I couldn't put it any other way. I'm going to talk about the Jets even higher. So at my number two, I talked about them already, the Dolphins. Love what they have on offense. They lost a few pieces on defense, but I still love what they have on defense. I think their secondary is maybe one of the best secondaries in the league. I think it's really good. Um, I love their safety play with Javon Holland. I love their cornerback play with Jalen Ramsey. Obviously, it's Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard, both been pro bowlers. I love their D-line, Christian Wilkins and Emmanuel Ogba. They both have been great. I just, yeah, I talked about a lot of the same stuff. A lot relies on Tua, and if Tua can stay healthy, I saw this team last year playing some of the best ball in the entire league when Tua was healthy. Yeah, and I think that him, them and the Bills are going to have similar record, but I'm higher on the Dolphins right now than the Bills. 11 and six. That's my Dolphins record. Yeah. And another thing that I think they have to their advantage is they don't exactly have a gauntlet outside of their uh, division, which, you know, this division will be a gauntlet. But I mean, they only have a few really tough games. They play the Chargers, which I think is going to be a tough one for the Dolphins because that's Tua versus uh, Herbert. That's going to have a big storyline around it, right? Then they've got Philly and Kansas City. Both those are tough games. But outside of that, 
they don't have exactly a gauntlet of a schedule. So I think the Dolphins, especially if they take use of, you know, the kind of cupcake schedule they have, they have a really good chance at, you know, pushing into those double digit wins. Yeah. I mean, they play the Pats, the Broncos, the Giants, the Panthers, uh, the Raiders, the Patriots again, the Titans, the Commanders. I mean, these are games I think they could all win. The Ravens are going to be hard, but there's a yeah, lot that, of AFC there's a games lot of there wins in that schedule that can that can win. Yeah, I yeah. would be very disappointed if this team is not in the in the postseason. Yeah, and I I have them at about like I have their floor at eight wins, which is you know the absolute floor, but I have their ceiling at twelve. So I think that this team really could have a good season. I'm just more like I'm more cautious on them right now. I have them at nine yeah. and eight, which I think is right in that middle area, more like likely. But if this team gels, it can be a scary good Dolphins team. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to our number one. Cole, who do you have? Uh, we touched on them earlier. I've got the Bills. And, you know, they like you said, they didn't make any splashy moves this offseason, but they still improved. They brought in cover Connor McGovern to fill in for their left guard role, which was injured throughout most last season. Improved at running back, which was an area of issue. Got brought in Damian Harris. They also had a phenomenal draft. Dalton Kincaid, Osiris Torrance, and their only major loss, like I said, Tremaine Edmonds. But, you know, again, like I said, they have AJ Klein. He's going to fill in that role. And just as a whole, off ball linebackers really have lost their positional value in today's NFL. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it's one of those divisions where no matter where you put it, it's hard to be right because there's so many good teams. Yeah. I still love the Bills. I, I, I'm not like a Bills hater. No, you at gave all. them 11 wins. Yeah. You gave them plenty of. Yeah. I gave them one more win than you. I gave them 12 and five. Yeah. And my number one, who I have going 12 and five, is the Jets. Like Cole said, this is this is the best offseason by far this year. They added one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it, Aaron Rodgers, who I don't think last year was alarming at all. I mean, his receiving core was horrible. He was obviously fed up with the Packers. I'm I'm really pumped on what he can do. Let's talk about this defense. I think this is a top three defense in the entire league overall. They have what I say to be the best corner in the league. Quinn and Williams, one of the best defensive interior guys. They have a they have a bunch of other good talent. I mean, they have Carl Lawson, DJ Reed, CJ Mosley. I love their addition of Will McDonald. A bunch of people were like, who is Will McDonald? He's he's a really good linebacker. Oh, he's good. Yeah. I mean, their defense is gonna be stellar. Last year they were top five defense, and I think they got better. We can no one can argue they got worse. So, and Robert Sala is a defensive-minded coach. He knows how to coach a defense. So I'm really pumped to see that. And on offense, we got Rogers reunited with Nathaniel Hackett, Garrett Wilson. Those Ohio State receivers always kill it. I think he's going to kill it again. And Rogers brought over every single one of his friends. Like the receiving core is going to be awesome. And yes, running backs do not matter that much, but. Brees Hall is one of the few that make a difference. He is really yeah. a talented running back. If he can come back and play this season, he's going to be great. This, this running game is going to be good. The passing game is for sure going to be good. You have Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I just don't see any flaws with this team. The one flaw is the hard division. So that they're not going to be able to get a 14-win season. But I think they can do 12 wins. I really do. No, yeah. And I really like those takes. And especially the Will McDonald pick. Because they have Robert Sala there, because that was all Will McDonald's issues were, right? At Iowa State, he was a beast, right? He's super physical. He's like 6'4". He's a great player. Just yeah, He wasn't very technically perfect. But you yeah. put him in that Sala system, they he's can coach him up. Yeah. yeah, if they coach him up to be up to his potential and up to his physicality, he will be a nightmare in the league. 
I know I completely agree. And I'm so excited to see this this connection with Rodgers and Garrett Wilson. We've heard all the all the hype, all the fantasy hype. Oh, he's a second round pick in fantasy. Obviously, he was a first round pick in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Um I, I'm pumped to see it. And and I honestly I believe in it. I think I think he can put up thirteen hundred yards easily. Yeah. Oh, I think thirteen hundred is yeah. lowballing him. I mean Yeah, yeah. I, I would expect over fifteen hundred really from that yeah. team. I mean, when you go from Zach Wilson and Mike White to Aaron Rodgers, you are going to be putting up better numbers, especially with a better team around you. Yeah, no, for sure. I agree. Yeah, I could see fifteen hundred. I could see ten touchdowns. Yeah. I actually have the Jets and the Bills splitting their season series because week one is at the Jets on Monday night football. No way in like Lord's earth is Aaron Rodgers going to lose at home Monday night football first week of the season. That's going to be I, so I, fun to watch. Oh my gosh, I'm excited for that. Yeah, that is going to be a great game. But then I'll give him like week 11, I bet you in Buffalo, I bet you Buffalo will take that game. Oh, it's going to be cold. Yeah, I, I could I could for sure see that. Yeah, but as a whole, playing, this division, playing Buffalo in Buffalo is, is one of the hardest things to do. So Yeah, this division is going to be like an absolute mad scramble this season. There's quite, I don't think there's any harder to predict division in the NFL this year. No. Yeah. I think I'd agree. I, I know we said it last year, the AFC West, I could legitimately see three teams making the playoffs from this division. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, in, in our predictions, we have three teams that each over have 11 about, wins. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for me. Yeah. No. Yeah. In mine, I have an 11, a 12 and a nine to 10 win team. All of those yeah. are good enough for wild card spots, at least. Yeah, and the a the AFC just keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Yeah. So even all these really good teams, we're not going to see some dominant fifteen win season, no matter how good these teams are, because yeah. the competition is so hard. Every single player, oh, go to the AFC, 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 AFC is becoming so stacked. Just making the playoffs is so hard. So it's going to be really interesting to see all these top tier teams just dog fighting for those playoff spots. Yeah, and it's funny. We see even like lower tier teams or what we think of as lower tier teams in the AFC. Like you put the Titans in the NFC now with D Hop. I bet you they're at least contending for a wild card spot. Like, oh, yeah, I think that's sure. how loaded the AFC is. Yeah, the, the NFC. If you're an NFC team right now, you're really happy because there's not much competition. You get through the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Cowboys. That's, that's all you pretty yeah. much have to go through. And even the Cowboys, I'm, I'm high on them. Don't get me wrong. I think they're a playoff team. But I don't know that they're even in that same tier as the Niners and the Eagles. It is a two-man race over there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The Cowboys are there, but they always seem to, to choke. So, Yeah, and you know, I think it's funny. We've been talking about Aaron Rodgers a lot. Uh, I think this is a good like way to go into our next segment on our fantasy football hot takes. Sounds and good. Talking of a former receiver of Aaron Rodgers, Hot, hot take. I think Christian Watson finishes the season top 10 receiver. In oh, I like that take. That's a good take. You you got to like, most people are like, what? No, he's too touchdown dependent. Yeah. Who else does the Packers have in the receiving court? Romeo Dubes. No one else. It's <laughs> just go. Christian Watson. Jordan Love is a young QB. What do young QBs do? They take advantage of their best receivers. Christian Watson, anytime they're in the red zone, He's getting the ball. Put your whole house on it. He's getting the ball. I think he's going to be a phenomenal receiver. If for no other reason, then there's no one else to throw the ball to on that team. And I think Jordan Love is actually going to be better than people are giving him credit for. I really think Christian Watson will be a top 10 fantasy receiver this upcoming year. I, I love that take. And the small sample size we saw last year of Jordan Love, 
can't remember exactly who it was going against, but it was a primetime game. Jordan Love was in, and he just kept targeting Christian Watson. And it, it was working out so well. Just Christian Watson in the open field, and Watson is so damn fast. He just runs around. It was against the Eagles in primetime. Yeah, like, he's one huge of the last season, yeah. What more do you need from a red zone? It's like, yeah, it's like, whoa, whoa, he's touch on dependent. That's his whole character. He's huge yeah. and he's fast. No when duh. You have six touchdowns in four games. Yeah. I don't care how dependent you are. That yeah, is that's like how receiver. you play. That's why you're a talented guy. I mean, it's like, yeah. why else would you draft a massive receiver with great hands if you don't expect him to get touchdowns? Yes. It's that the is... whole damn point. Yeah. So I'm, I'll put it down like, now, but he's going to be an elite receiver this year. I, I actually love that take. And it, it's funny because. He doesn't actually need touchdowns either. I mean, he's so good in the open space. You just give him a little slant, and he's like the Jalen Waddle speed. He can go and get 45 off a 10-yard slant. He's like that. No, so, yeah, and, and they don't have, again, like I said, they, they just don't have anyone else to really be throwing to. And so, like, I think it's going to be a good year for him. That's just, I see that as a great opportunity for a young receiver to really come into his own with a young quarterback together. I think that could be a really good connection between those two. Yeah, I know. Top 10 will be, I, I can see it happening. I'm mean, top 10 is crazy. That means one of those big names is going to have to fall out. But um, my fantasy football hot take is that Travis Etienne will be a top five running back. Whoa. I mean, Where? last year in nine full games as a starting running back, Etienne ranked eighth amongst running backs in total rushing yards at 1,125 and second in yards per carry at 5.1. I mean, when he played last year, he was super good. He was drafted really highly in the NFL draft because he's a super talented downfield runner and he's great at catching the ball. Those are two things you need to be a fantasy superstar. And this offense is very explosive. They're going to be scoring a lot of touchdowns. And that's exactly what you want. He's going to be on the field scoring a bunch in these high, high uh, scoring games with the Jaguars because their their offense is very talented. Yeah. I really do think that this that Travis Etienne and also so many running backs, especially in these days with all the running back controversy. They're not alone. They have backups. They have similar guys who also get a bunch of carries. ETN is pretty much alone. It's his backfield, and that's really rare kind of these days. So I'm I'm pumped to see how well ETN does. Yeah, and and you know I'm a big Jags fan. Got it here. Got it yeah. back there. Right. Like I, I'm I love to hear that take. Uh, you had me there until that very last segment where you said there's not other competition. I think that's actually the only thing holding him back. Actually, is that the Jags have a very overcrowded running back room. They took a third rounder, Tank Bigsby, this year. He's going to be a goal line guy. He's going to steal a lot of goal line touches. Jermichael Hasty actually last year made a huge dent into ETN's production. And then they also signed Dearness Johnson, who we've seen go for 150 yards when he gets the starts. Yeah, so but that actually, I really, I really don't think those guys are gonna. I'm, I think Tank Bigsby will get a couple of carries, but I don't think yeah. Jermichael Hasty and Dearness Johnson are going to touch the field. I really yeah. don't. And so I, I, you know, I'm still super high on ETN, but. I think it actually might be because I'm a Jaguars fan and like I care too much about those, you know backups on the team that I want to see succeed. Like yeah. I'm just like a little cautious because Doug Peterson's even said that he thinks Hasty has a chance to like take significant reps. And they were saying like earlier this offseason, like we don't want ETN to get hurt. He's too young and too great. We need to spread out his carries throughout the game. And so that 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 raised a little red flag for me. I was like, hmm, like. Could that impact him in fantasy? Yeah, I mean, I get that, but it, it, it's it's hard to not think, oh, well, we just have to get back. But a lot of times they don't play. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And also, a third-round rookie, he might play, but it's. I meant like he has no competition. Like, it's not, it's no, not yeah, like an Alexander Madison behind you. It's not yeah, like right. a, it's not like a top, it's not like Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb. You know, it's, it's not like that. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I think in ETN... It's like, the, it's like the Tennessee Titans just drafted a third-round rookie, Ty J. Spears. I'm not really scared he's going to take away from Derrick Henry. He's still... Yeah. It's still going to be Derrick Henry. Like, I, I get what you're saying, but I think you're overthinking that a little bit. No, and, and perhaps I am just because, you know, I, I'm a little alarmed by how many, like, at least solid running backs the Jaguars have. But, like, I don't know. Another concern with Bigsby is, like, he has a completely different role on that team. He is a powerhouse back. ETN is not. He's always been a shiftier, faster guy. He's not dived down the middle for three yards yeah. in a cloud of dust, right? And yeah. that's what Tank Bigsby is. He will go four yards forward, will get you a first down, get you a touchdown. So, you know, and I think that's, I think the Titans had a, I don't know why we're getting off topic here with Ty J Spears, but I think he will like, have a bit of a role because oh he's no not he will because because Henry has cement hands. I mean, yeah, that guy. I J Spears. That, we watched him at Tulane. He was insane. Oh, he's super good. But yeah, Henry's not going to be here forever. I mean, it might be one or two years. This is way off topic, but like yeah, it, I know they're gonna they're, they're going to give him they're going to give him some freaking carries. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Right, I'm going to get us I, back. And also, I, I just think etn etn's going to be really good. Even like yeah, I think you bring that up Bigsby might take some touchdown upside from Tra from Travis Etienne because he's really good in the red zone and he's really good just downfield run but I think Etienne's going to be one of the best running backs in the in the cat in the passing game in the, in the NFL oh yeah so uh, they love him and, they, they and use that's him receivers that's my that's sometimes even more important than getting touchdowns I mean we see Eckler I mean Eckler can have a bad week but when he has yeah. 12 targets it's like what the hell do I do yeah I see him as a very similar player to like a young Austin Eckler like I, yeah. I think he has all I right, think but, he honestly, I think he's he's way higher upside than Austin Eckler. Yeah. And then all right, another hot take. I've said this one before. I'm gonna say it again. I'm gonna say it the whole year. I think you know what's coming up. Justin Fields finishes as fantasy. Fantasy QB1. He just has so much rushing upside. And as well as he improved as a passer this offseason, we've seen in his receiving core got a massive upgrade by adding DJ Moore. And they drafted more offensive line. They drafted Darnell Wright. I think that he has all the pieces around him to succeed as a fantasy QB and real life QB. But I think he finishes as fantasy QB one in large part due to that rushing upside. Um, I can't say I agree, but I mean, I, I give you credit for it. it's a hot take. I mean, we saw <laughs> the end of last year; he was the best quarterback in fantasy. I mean, that the running up, the rushing upside was insane i mean watching the games was like every single highlight it's like 70 yard run from justin fields what's going on so yes i i could see that being a possibility but we've seen other really talented running quarterbacks in the past and it doesn't it works but it doesn't always work that efficiently every game especially as more teams see it happening and if he be if he takes a giant step in his passing game this next year it could for sure happen but i don't know if i predict him to take a giant step and so I think he's going to be good, but I don't, I would not, I still think he's going to finish behind the Mahomes of the world, the Allens, the Hurts, the Lamars, the Burroughs. I think he's going to be a top 10 quarterback. <laughs> okay. And you know what? Like I, I get that, but you know, we're, you're not focusing enough on, I think like the upgrades that the team has around him. Like DJ, Moore, he's never had a true wide receiver yeah. one. DJ Moore comes in and he provides that. I mean, like Chase Claypool, was their wide receiver one last year. Now he's a solid wide receiver two. They get Darnell Mooney ah, Darnell back. Mooney, he's another guy who's a true wide receiver one. This is a really good receiving core around them. The Bears had a pretty bad offensive line last year. That gets improved. You know, he improves as a passer this offseason. Like, I feel like people are not giving 
like not only Justin Fields enough credit because I feel like everyone says, oh, Justin Fields didn't improve that much. Fine. The team around him improved enough that he will be able to play better. We see it all the time with quarterbacks where they go from a very poor situation. They can't produce. You put them in a whole new system and bam, they're able to produce right away. Yeah, no, I agree. I uh, You're just predicting him to get way better in the passing game. And I'm not sure I'm going to predict that yet. But one thing I'll say is by the end of week three, after seeing three games of Justin Fields, I think I'll, we'll know whether or not he can finish as a QB1. If he's passing super well, then I'm all in too. Honestly, I am. If he still has a rushing upside and I obviously see him getting better in the passing game and him hitting deep throws and, you know, less interceptions, then honestly, I see a clear path for him being the QB one. I'm just not at a spot where I can predict him to be that good at passing right away. No. Yeah. And, you know, I think again, like if you want to play it, you know, smarter, I'll say, or safer, maybe like draft Patrick Mahomes in, you know, fifth, sixth round, right. Maybe fourth. Cause he's, you know, going to be QB one. Like, no, he's right, gonna wait. You know he's gonna wait earlier than fifth and sixth round. He's probably yeah, gonna go, yeah, third or fourth. It round. depends on the league you're in, I guess. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of not taking a QB super early, just because I think that they're very dime a dozen in terms of fantasy. Yeah, but like you know, if if Justin Fields is there for me in the seventh, eighth round, with that much upside in how much I believe in him, I'm almost certain. Like as long as like there's not like DeAndre Hopkins on the board in the eighth round or like some craziness like that. I'm going to be taking him around that later round spot. Yeah, no, and I love that. I mean, where his ADP is right now, it's worth taking the risk. Yeah. And it's not even that big of a risk. He's going to be top 10 for sure. But, yeah. I mean, if his ADP starts to skyrocket and he's, like, getting drafted next to Burrow or Herbert, yeah. I'm not at that That's point in my That's career where much. I'm taking that. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, but I see what you're saying. My next hot take is that Rashad Penny will finish top 15 and DeAndre Swift will finish outside the top 30. Wow. You're going to have to elaborate on why you think Rashad's yeah. going to take the bulk there. <laughs> I have a gut feeling, just how you think feels going to be really good, that sure, this is sure. the year, year 27, finally, <laughs> he's 27 years old, that he's not going to get hurt. I said it. It's in the universe. Let you me know, tell you, when, that per- when Rashad Penny is on the field and he's healthy, he's a damn maniac. There's no question he's one of the best pure runners in the league. He averages, okay, let me read this off to you. He put up 750 yards on 119 carries in 2021. That's 6.4 yards per carry. Man is almost getting a first down every time he touches the ball. It's legit crazy. It's a small sample size because he never plays. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just going to say this. This is for sure the best offensive line he's ever going to play with. It's the best one in the league in Philadelphia. Seattle's was fine, but this is different. This is like some put a 12th, like put a seventh rounder and, and, and it'll do fine. Like Rashad Penny is such a good downfield runner and he's a great pass catcher too. Uh, if he stays healthy, I mean, I think the sky's the limit. And the thing I'll say about Swift is that it seems like obviously the Lions didn't like Swift that much, but Swift doesn't like people don't seem to like Swift. Like Jamal Williams was easily taking carries from Swift last year, even when Swift was completely healthy. And we've seen Jamal Williams, he's nothing special. I mean, he backed up Aaron Jones for years. All of a sudden, Jamal Williams had an insane year. Even when Swift was healthy, Justin Jackson, the backup, was taking carries from Swift. The Lions did not like Swift. Swift was not the person they wanted. And I feel like the same thing can happen in Seattle. It takes a few weeks where they're splitting, and they're like, oh, Rashad's our guy. All of a sudden, Swift becomes a backup. Right? Yeah, sorry. That's right, yeah. When they're in Philadelphia, I feel that it's going to take a few weeks. The first few weeks, it's gonna, I, I think it's going to be fairly even. 
But after they see how good of a runner Rashad Penny is, Swift is going to be one of those backups just kind of put in the dust. And if it's Rashad Penny's backfield and he stays healthy, I've put my life savings. He's an RB1. You know, as someone who watched him when he was at San Diego State, I mean, he was a first-round pick for a running back five years ago. That's crazy. He was, I mean, he was that guy. I mean, everyone in their mom thought that he was going to be the greatest running back in the NFL. And you're right. Like, when he's healthy, he is so unstoppable. It's insane. insane. And he's, he's been unfortunate in not only being injured, but, like, when he was in Seattle, they always had Chris Carson ahead of him or they had Kenneth Walker there this past season. Like he's never really gotten a chance to be that guy and really show his potential, even when he's healthy. So, yeah, you know, while I maybe wouldn't say he's going to be top 15 and I wouldn't say that Swift is going to be outside the top 30. I really am. I I like your take that. I think that Rashad Penny is going to be a startable running back two or flex this upcoming season. And I think that, uh, you know, maybe not necessarily DeAndre Swift falls out of, you know, the flex play, but that he is a lower end flex play in that scenario. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm just uh, obviously it's a really risky take. You can get him yeah. pretty late. He's getting drafted right now as the RB 23. So you can get him somewhat late. Yeah. And it, it could be a horrible pick. He could be someone you end up dropping by week four. It could be week two. Oh, I have an Achilles injury. That'd suck. That's very possible. It happens Wait, all Rashad the time. Penny's going as the RB23. Yeah. That actually seems a little high because that would mean that he's a RB2. Because... Yeah. No, actually, that is pretty high wow. right now. I was going to say, I, I thought that what's Swift? Let me, going let me look something up. Let me look, if let me Swift's look, let me going up. above him, that would actually, or significantly above him, that would surprise me. Anyway, this actually is a great like take into my next hot take because you brought up Seattle running backs. I think this one I've been getting a lot of flack for when I've been telling people, I don't think Kenneth Walker has a good fantasy season. I think everyone's taking him as an RB one or two. I'm really low on him. I think that by the end of the season, you're kind of just, you know, plug him in as a flex. If you need a, if there's a bye week or something. And I think that all has to do with Zach Charbonnet. Mm -hmm. He was a second round pick the exact same spot that Kenneth Walker was taking at. So, People saying that Kenneth Walker is so much like more highly drafted. That's not true. They were taking the same round. And he's a, I think, just an objectively better running back, especially in the goal line, which, you know, for running backs, that is their biggest, you know, source of points is making sure they get in the end zone, right? Yeah. And Zach Charbonnet is not only a beast in the red zone, he's a beast all over the field. He's the kind of guy that breaks a 75 yard touchdown run on the, you know, daily. So I think that. I'm not going to say Zach Charbonnet finishes above Kenneth Walker, but I am going to say that Kenneth Walker is not that great of a talent that everyone thinks he is going to be for fantasy. Great real life running back, not fantasy. It's a new age for running backs. We've seen him get denied contracts. We've seen all these teams for, for, for decades have had the King RB one starting to go to a committee. It's happening all over. And it's exactly what's happening in Seattle. As much as Kenneth Walker is great, and I really do think he's great for fantasy and for real life, he's not going to be that special because, yes, they drafted a second-round running back, which is very high for running backs. You have to love someone to take him in the second round. People thinking that Zach Charbonnet is going to get no carries are are, are doofuses mm-hmm. because Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet, are probably, it's probably going to be a 60-40 backfield. Yeah, And it, it's great for real life. If I was a GM in real life, that's how I would run my team. Mm-hmm. But for fantasy... 
it, it blows. They both take a giant dip. Okay. So I completely agree. Kenneth Walker last year, he was so special to watch, but he's not going to be, he's not going to have the, the amount of carries and the amount of receptions to be that successful in fantasy because he has another really great running back right behind him. Yeah. And I agree. Matt, like my, my example is like, imagine either one of them down in Miami where they get absolutely no competition for it. They'd both be easily top 10 running backs. I think, especially Kenneth Walker, I think would yeah. be a top 10 running back. And that's why it's especially but, hard to find really good running backs these yeah, years because but you're in a, a committee where there's two great young running backs, right? Because young running backs, you know that it's all about wear and tear. So you want them young. And both these guys are in year one and year two. They're both young and they're both super talented. It scares me for either one of them in fantasy. In real life, I think the Seahawks are going to be scary hours. Yeah, they but are. In fantasy, really. I, I'm more scared of like to actually put one of them in my lineup. Yeah, I think them they're, yeah, they're both gonna end up as like flex play hopefully hopefully one right. of them's gonna get a touchdown it's like right. predicting which one's gonna get the td that's what i'm gonna hope for yeah and, and, that, and i think sharpening more yeah. likely than not is the one getting that touchdown in that and, scenario and it's funny because we're disrespecting the seahawks running backs but i bet they're literally going to be a top five running back unit they're going to be a top five rush oh, they're going to be so great yes so together. it's just funny how fantasy works you know they're both yeah. going to take a big dip in fantasy but in real life i bet they're both going to have great seasons yeah i same thing with like my justin fields take like again He's not a phenomenal real life quarterback. Don't get that wrong. But in fantasy, he's that guy, right? Yeah. I th- it's fantasy is that's always been people's biggest issue with it is, you know, they take their real life knowledge of football and try to apply it to fantasy. And that's just not always the way it works. And that's why sometimes, even after all the research and knowing everything about fantasy, you don't do well because yeah. people just get lucky. It's so annoying. Yeah, and like my final Jonathan hot take Taylor, it's rookie year. Yeah. My final hot take. And this one's real hot. So, I, you know, how to throw cool. out some hot takes. All right. Darren Waller will finish as tight end two behind Kelsey. And it's close. It's really close. That's what wow. I'm going to say. Uh, you're going to have to massively elaborate <laughs> on that one for me. There's not that much for me to say. This is what I'll say. The Giants, we saw them last year. They won a playoff game. They're, they're not, I wouldn't say they're Super Bowl contenders, but they're real playoff contender. They're a real team that people are going to be scared to play. Like, they're an actual contending team. Okay. And they have absolutely... Nobody in the receiving court. Like, <laughs> that I, yeah, like, like now the Titans got D Hop. I mean, they 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 literally might have the, the worst receiving court in the league. The, the New York Giants. They yeah. add a veteran tight end who's been the tight end two in the past. I mean, a, a few years ago, Waller was a third round pick in fantasy. Like coming off that amazing yeah. season with the Raiders, we've seen him do that. Yes, he's a little old, but he's a veteran with all these super young guys like Isaiah Hodgins, Jalen Jalen Hyatt, Daniel Still Jones is. Yeah, Sterling Shepard, but he yeah, he he be he's probably hurt, but he's gonna be coming back. Yeah, and I guess uh, he's a really really fast guy. They drafted last year. Oh, okay. Let's just move on. Okay, Maybe yeah, it doesn't matter. Be. What I'm saying is, uh, there's not gonna be that many places for them to throw the ball, and this is gonna be a real contending team with Daniel Jones, who's who's looked pretty good. He's a solid starting quarterback. I think Darren Waller is gonna eat up targets. He's gonna have the most targets on the team by far. This team's. This team is not a bad team. Like I'm saying, they're going to score the ball. I, I really just think that Daniel Jones could have like a 35% target share, lead this team in targets, lead this team in touchdowns, and end up behind Kelsey. If you said something ahead of Kelsey, yeah. then you're out. You're actually insane. He's going to end up behind Kelsey, but it's not going to be like the classic, oh, Kelsey, 100 points, Andrews, Kittle. I think it might be like a 20-point difference, like a, like a one one better game. Yeah, and... You know, I, I'm I'm not upset at this take because you know I think this is very similar to the Christian Watson situation where who else are you going to throw the ball to? It's volume, right? like, yeah, it's volume. 
and especially Daniel Jones as a game manager type quarterback, you know he's going to check down to the running to the tight end a ton. Yeah, it's so, not like he's Herbert arm strength. He just throws it, you know. Yeah, and so I, I don't. I'm really I I like the take. Maybe per se, my my biggest issue with Waller is his injury uh, history, and especially if he's going to get a big workload that puts you very prone to injury. Yeah. And so I, if he stays healthy, I totally agree with you. He could, he has top three potential. I'm just, as someone who had Waller last year and, you know, has had him in years where he's been good. And I had him this past year when he was, you know, out the whole year, it scares me. And so for that reason, like, you know, if he's available in the fifth round, fifth, six, I mean, he's getting drafted as like tight end five or six right now. So, yeah, I mean, and I, and I, I bet you that's where like, that's appropriate for him right now. Yeah. Cause you know, his bad, his floor is very low, right? If he gets injured, but his ceiling, as you mentioned, is very, very high. Yeah, no, I mean, tight end is one of one of those positions where you can take Kelsey or an Andrews or a Kittle, or you take nobody. You wait for the last round and you take a, a Chickazina Conquo or a, you know, well, is going to be, Oh, he's way higher than that. But like, you know, you take a, uh, what's that guy? Oh, I'm trying to think like of a good Kyle example. Rudolph or something. He's not even playing anymore. Like the guy on the Commanders, Thomas, Landon Thomas, or something like that. Oh, I forgot his name. Whatever. Oh, like you know, just like a, a plug in Irv Smith yeah, or. Yeah. Uh, so it's oh. just kind of an interesting position. Logan Thomas. There we go. There like every time go. on the every time it's like CJ Uzoma, Logan Thomas. Every time on yeah. the freaking on the waiver wire. Yeah, CJ so is take, the classic. CJ Uzoma is a classic. Yeah, you take one of those guys, or you take a superstar. Taking someone in the middle tier can be risky, but I think if you're going to take a risk on a tight end in the middle tier, I like Waller. I like his upside. Yeah. No, I, I like that. I like All that. All right. Let, let's move on to Do you have any more hot takes before we move on? Uh, I'm out. All right, no. cool. Let's All move right, on let's... to our bonus fun question. In 30 years, what current NFL jersey will be the most popular throwback jersey? Or okay. best or most popular? Yeah. For me, this one seems obvious because... All right, I'm trying to think of this like the Allen Iverson 76ers type thing for the NBA, right? Like that is the classic throwback jersey you wear because you're like, oh, that, that guy was like. So you got to think of like swaggy guys who like have a lot of personality around them. For me, oh, the you first said one, specific guys. I was just thinking about jersey. Dang. Okay. Oh, I, I was going to say like, I think a Justin Jefferson Vikings jersey because of how much I have Vikings jersey have down to yeah, I think that I that is going to be a too. big one that, you know, you see a frat guy wear at a party 30 years from now. Yeah. I also put down Lamar on the Ravens. Now that's everyone loves Lamar. <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. Like Lamar is another good. Yeah. One. Yeah. Like, um, I put know, on a bunch cause like I couldn't figure it out. So I said like, I like the Seahawks purple with that lime green colors and like the checkered uh, numbers. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. I think that one's pretty sexy and it's just like, it's vibrant. It kind of like, reminds me of the 2020s. So yeah, you know, at 2050, someone be like, yeah, that's so fast. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i like that take but i went more like off the player so i said like i think justin jefferson's gonna be one another one is aaron donald like he's gonna be in the same realm as like the throwback lawrence taylor jersey you see every now and then like we're like oh damn that's a nice nice jersey you got right like yeah. guys like that i think are gonna be the the go-to jersey in the future yeah joe joe burrow for sure all the white guys oh for joe sure yeah and then i also put down I like the Chargers, all Chargers jerseys, especially their Navy. The Navy yeah. Chargers is just a good-looking jersey. And yeah. uh, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, I thought, also the, the yeah. blue one. 
And I was going to say, I don't think the Mahomes one is going to be like that swaggy because it's like wearing like a Brady jersey. Like he was so mainstay that like, yeah, it's like wearing LeBron. It's like, okay. Yeah. Like it's like, okay. Like, (laughs) yeah. But yeah. So I think it's those more like those not top of the mountain, but like super swaggy guys like Jay Jettis. I think that is going to be the jersey of the future. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. But a lot of those top tier receivers that are just like trippy. Like if Garrett Wilson has a has a big year, he'll be big for sure. Yeah, yeah, guys, guys like, like that. that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right, you got anything else to talk about? No. Good. Um, awesome episode. If you guys are this far, yeah. thank you so much for listening. All right, sounds good. We'll see y'all. See ya. Bye.